Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I got a busy couple weeks of media coming up, so stay tuned on the uh, Dan Bongino show train right here. We got a lot to talk about. I'll be doing uh, Megyn Kelly's show this week. I've got another big show coming up next week, so a lot to talk about. I'm going to focus my interviews on new media to show everyone in the old media, which doesn't mean bad media, old doesn't mean bad, but that there is a new burgeoning media out there, podcast, digital space, video, live streaming, and it's powerful. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. What would we do without you? The answer is we wouldn't do anything because we wouldn't be here. We would be doing zero. So happy Mom's Day, including to the best mom on planet Earth. Maybe a little bit... Uh, Subjective and biased on my part, but uh, Paula, we love Paula. It's the best. Such a good mom. Love those kids. I got a lot to talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have withheld a lot of commentary on the Daniel Penny case up in New York uh, because I believe in the Bongino rule and I don't jump down the first rabbit hole I see every time. But now that we've got a good body of information, I've got some stuff to talk about. And we had another appearance, Joe. The Patriot Front is back. Oh. So crazy. Yes, as if on cue. It's amazing how they appeared. But I got a different theory on this. May not like it, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your laptop exposed at the coffee shop while you run to the bathroom. Most of the time, you're probably okay, but what if you come out one day and the laptop's gone? Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker in the same network can gain access to all your financial data, personal data on that device. It doesn't even take a lot of tech knowledge to hack someone. Just some cheap hardware, a smart 12-year-old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. Protect your data today with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. Take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use, too. Just fire up the app, click one button to get protected. Works on all your devices. Phone, laptop, phones, laptop, laptops, tablets, and more so you can stay secure on the go. We use it. I don't get online without it. Secure your online data today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. You can get an extra three months free. I use it. Check it out. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs today. All right, Joseph, it's Monday. Get this party started. It is now post time. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. Reminds me of that song. Let's get this party started, right? Let's get it started right, quickly. We go. Yeah, Joe's like, please stop singing. You're killing us. The Jacob <laughs> Neely Daniel Perry case. Folks, listen to me. This case could be a genuine game changer. All politics are local. All politics are local. When you forget that rule in politics, you get kicked square in the nuts. All politics are local. You can talk all you want about Social Security, taxes, Ukraine, school choice, whatever it is, until it kicks people in the gonads at the local level. A lot of people who are apathetic to politics are not going to wake up. You asked me in the last midterm election, how come we didn't do better? Biden really sucks. He's got a historic level of suck. Matter of fact, no president has sucked worse than Biden. How come we didn't do better? The answer is it didn't hit people locally as hard as it's about to. This Daniel Perry, Jacob Neely case, for those of you who missed it, Daniel Perry was a U.S. Marine. Uh, there was an incident on a subway car where this guy, Jacob Neely, is alleged to have been threatening people, uh, telling people he didn't care. He was going to, uh, you know, he's willing to go to jail and supposedly made some violence threats, according to some people on the train car. Daniel Perry intervenes, gets him in a carotid restraint, mistakenly reported as a chokehold, uh, and the subject uh, passes. Jacob Neely, okay, dies, right? Libs are making a huge mistake by making Jacob Neely their new hero. I mean a catastrophically bad error in judgment. I've seen very few criminal cases at the local level change and alter national politics, but one of them, that garnered national attention. Joe, I know you remember well, was Bernie Getz up in New York. Yep. 1985. Oh, yeah. Bernie Getz, the subway vigilante, they called him. Everybody remembers. He's a, you know, kind of a nerdy looking guy with glasses. He's getting harassed on the train. Uh, a couple of younglings come up to him, threaten him. Bernie Getz winds up firing the weapon. 
Bernie Getz got off outside of a weapons charge because everybody on who had most of the people who were the subjects of that jury pool, even though it was New York, had been on the train being harassed by either those people or groups of people like that who decided to go on trains and drive people crazy. Now, of course, the left wanted to make it a big racial incident because they'll make a racial incident out of anything, whether race is a factor or not. But I'm telling I'm telling you, man, this is going to be an enormous backfire on the left. They're making a big mistake because what did I just say? Ding, ding, ding. All politics are local. How many politics are local, fellas? All politics. He's not paying attention, of course. All politics are local. Yeah, baby. Joe, is there a little bit of politics that are local? No. All, All politics, politics are local. Yeah. All. All of them. So when people who ride trains, who are in San Francisco getting their car broken into, who are on the streets of El Paso, and they see thousands of people who broke the law walking the streets who illegally crossed the border, people are reminded that I don't really like this. So liberals are all in right now with the Soros machine. The Soros machine loves the street chaos, right? They are all in on defending this guy, Jacob Neely, defending his reputation, I should say. And then trying to make sure Daniel Perry, uh, Daniel Penny, excuse me, goes to jail for a long time. Forgive me if I said Perry before it's Penny, obviously. They are all in. Why are they all in? I hate to keep having to explain the walking dead theory. If this drives you crazy in the chat room today, we got a lot of our good friends here. Let me know if it drives you nuts. I know. I said, so, Lama says it's Penny. Not, I know. I'm sorry. Like a lot of my mind today. If it's driving you crazy, let me know. The walking dead theory explains all of this. Why Soros and the left-wing machine want street chaos and fear. I get it all the time. Why would they want that? That doesn't benefit them. Yes, it does. You watch the old episode of The Walking Dead, that zombie show. They, they walk into the prison, the survivors of the zombie apocalypse, and they lock themselves in the prison because there's zombies on the outside. That is an analogy you need to keep in your head for the lefties. They want you to walk into an ideological prison, right? Collectivism, give us your money, give us your kids, give us your health care. That's what collectivism and communism is. You don't control that stuff. They do. From each according to his abilities to each according to their needs, right? How do you get someone to walk into a prison and give away their own freedoms, their money, their health care, and their kids, right? You do it by scaring them so badly through fear and chaos that they want to get away from what's on the outside. In The Walking Dead, the zombies. In the left's theory of life and how to instill enough fear and chaos to get people to support collectivism, they want you to be afraid of the street chaos and call for order no matter what. This is an intentional plan. Soros is not dumb. The left-wingers doing this are not stupid, folks. They can't have empowered citizens. That's why they hate the Second Amendment, and it's why they want to criminalize self-defense. And it is already starting as if on cue. The Washington Post this weekend expect to be attacked and attacked brutally going forward. If you dare applaud what Daniel Penny did, what Daniel Penny did intervening in a situation here uh, in order to, in order to what appears to be defend other people. I don't jump to conclusions on anything, unlike left-wing jerkwad a-holes. But here you go. The Washington Post, this guy, Timothy Bella, wrote this piece, conservatives hailed Daniel Penny as a hero after killing, man, killing a man on the subway. They know what we're seeing now for Daniel Penny after he killed Jordan Neely is that he fits within a long, ugly history of some media and politicians glorifying vigilante violence, Marshall said. Vigilante as if Daniel Penny went out and looked for this altercation. Hey, I go kill someone today. This is hilarious, guys. This is the author of the Washington Post piece. There's a history of us versus them narrative. The us is besieged under a great threat. And that's what justifies these acts of great violence. Wait, time out, time out, time out. By the way, Justin's back, intern Justin. He's actually, we can call him like associate producer Justin. He's been around long enough. He, of course, is always here. Fellas, is this a lefty now claiming, the, keep in mind, the captains and the champions of racial, sexual, and identity politics. Any kind of identity policy you have, union, non-union, immigrant, non-immigrant, black, white, uh, Jewish versus Muslim, they love this stuff. They love this stuff. This is the left saying, Talking about us, there's a history of us versus them. You can take the big double-barreled, non-family friendly on that one. You're the tool bags who are doing this us versus them stuff all the time. And now, because of your racial identity politics and the garbage crap 
you know, defund the police, street chaos approach. Because this wound up happening because a guy, Daniel Penny, appeared to be protecting other people, you have to attack this guy and you have the balls to say that it's us claiming it us versus them narrative. Do you understand the size of the grapefruits you need to have as a lefty to claim for a second that an us versus them narrative is us on the right doing this? I mean, like coconut style grapefruits there, maybe bigger. Balls of steel. A right of titanium. I mean, the nuts on these people. There's a history of us versus, versus them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? Really now? Okay, here we go. So expect the elitist foie gras liberals going forward. That's what they are. Stuffing their faces with their foie, foie gras and their caviar lunches, right? That's the elitist left now. Expect them going forward to double down on support uh, and attacking Daniel Penny. And doubling down on support of Jacob Neely. You can expect that going forward. Because now they can't give up on this. You got to understand, folks. I know the left. I study the left. And my entire life is about studying and breaking down and diagnosing the leftist cancer everywhere it appears, okay? We can't lose this here. There's a give, give, send, go for Daniel Penny. And a lot of people realize how important this case is. We cannot lose this here. If they are allowed to criminalize self-defense, ladies and gentlemen, the walking dead scenario is right around the corner. Now, you know, things have gotten crazy when Chris Cuomo over at News Nation finds himself on like the sane side of the argument. I think Cuomo, now that he's been freed from CNN, sees that if the left jumps in this rabbit hole, defending a, a person with a lifelong rap sheet who was alleged to have threatened people on a train against a Marine who was defending other people. I think Cuomo realizes this is a make or break moment. Joe, which could have the same effect as Bernie gets in 85, mm -hmm. where it turned basically the entire city of New York and the nation into a bunch of people who were like, you know what? We're not having that anymore. We're not having it anymore. I'm sorry. We're not dealing with the street chaos. Here's Chris Cuomo arguing with that goofball loser, Ellie Mistel. Here's Ellie Mistel. He doesn't even understand the law, Ellie Mistel. And they don't understand the fact that the guy clearly was not trying to use deadly force. He was trying to use a carotid restraint. If he was trying to kill him, why is there video afterwards of Daniel Penny trying to put the guy in the recovery position? Does that make any sense? Does that, if they're trying to kill someone, correct, and saw their head off, do you try to sew it back on? Freaking idiots. Here's Ellie Mistel arguing with Chris Cuomo. This is how you know this thing's gotten bad. Check this out. If he had a reasonable fear of no, being no, see, ass assaulted, then you are able to defend yourself no. reasonably with commensurate force. Well, no, you, you, this man could have pissed his pants as far as we know. He could have been scared out of his wits. That doesn't give him a reasonable justification for killing somebody. You can only use deadly force when you are met with deadly force. There has been nothing in any record. None of the other passengers, not the man who took, took the video, has suggested that this man, this homeless man, Jordan Neely, was threatening anybody with deadly force. So to use deadly force against them and here, again, the fact that he's a former Marine and knows exactly how deadly the force he was using could be the ability to use deadly force against somebody when you are not threatened with deadly force is not a justification for homicide is it murder or is it manslaughter that's more of a legal that's a more of a legal question okay he one ellie mistel has no idea what the law even is ellie mistel sitting there trying to gin up race hatred that's what ellie mistel does Ellie Mistel goes on left-wing networks and craps his pants. He has to be cleaned up by mama all the time. The guy's a total life loser, okay? He has no idea what the law even is. Think about what he just said. He's, do not accept the premise. I think Geraldo did it this morning on Fox, too. Listen to me. We tracking here? Do not accept the premise that what Daniel Penny was doing was engaging in an act of deadly force via the carotid restraint. Ellie Mistel hits on it and he doesn't even realize it. He hits on it backwards. He goes, Ellie Mistel, uh, Ellie Mistel said, Daniel Penny, he's a trained Marine, a former Marine. He should know about this deadly force. That's the point. He was probably taught in the Marine Mixed Martial Arts Program, which teaches the basic tenets and components of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, i.e. ground fighting, that that carotid restraint he employed is not deadly force. Oh, but Dan, it looks like a choke. A lot of things look like a lot of things, okay? 
A zebra can look like a unicorn, okay? That doesn't make it a freaking unicorn. It is not deadly force. I can't emphasize this enough. His lawyers would be doing this guy a huge disservice if they acknowledged the fact that he was trying to use deadly force. He was engaged in what is called a carotid restraint. I don't care what you call it. It's sometimes called a rear naked choke. It is not a choke in the sense that you're restricting oxygen via the windpipe. It is a carotid restraint designed to get someone to temporarily lose consciousness, not to die. I have been in that position. I am not exaggerating to you folks at least a thousand times. You know what happens? You tap out or you stop struggling. What happened with Neely is Penny from my view of this, looking at this this video now probably a hundred times, he's waiting for the guy to stop what he's doing, which is struggling and resisting. He doesn't stop. So he keeps going and thinking the restraint isn't working. It's clear as day, then puts him in the recovery position. That's not deadly force. Let me ask you a question. Right, you want me to prove it to you? Here, I didn't say this on any other shows. I'm going to say it now. Every Brazilian jiu-jitsu school in the United States would be shut down today from lawsuits if what Daniel Penny did there is deadly force. Where? Why aren't the deaths piling up? That what you just saw, I ch- I'll challenge you. Go to your local Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. Go to your phone. Do it. In the chat room. Do it. Go to your local phone. Put local Brazilian jiu-jitsu school in any search engine. Go sit in there and ask if you can watch a class. Count how many times you see that move put on people. I guarantee it's like 20, 30 times if it's an open mat and they're grappling. Why isn't everybody dead? Matter of fact, why is almost nobody dead? Despite tens of thousands of jujitsu schools doing this 10, 20 times a day. The answer is because it's not freaking deadly force. Something happened here. Either he did the move wrong, which he'll have to answer for in court. Or he did the move correctly and Jacob Neely may have had some compounding variables here we're not aware of. I don't want to get ahead of that. It is not deadly force. Stop capitulating on this. I heard Araldo say it this morning. And Mistel doesn't even understand the law. Here's the New York State Penal Code, Section 3515. Justification for the use of physical force in defense of a person. There is kind of a duty to retreat stipulation, but they're on a subway car. Where the hell are you going to go? Here, you want to read this? Ellie Mistel probably can't read, so it doesn't matter. A person may, subject to the provisions of subdivision two, use physical force upon another person when and to the extent he or she reasonably believes such to be necessary to defend himself, herself, or a third person from what he or she reasonably believes to be the use of imminent use of unlawful physical force by such other person. Doesn't have to be deadly force. It doesn't have to be deadly force. He didn't enact deadly force. He was using physical force. That the physical force resulted in death does not mean he was using deadly force. I'll give you an example here. Because Ellie Mistel is a freaking idiot. And so much of this case is being guided by swampy a-holes and left-wing Soros types who want street chaos and want to make criminal defense, uh, self-defense, and want to make self-defense illegal. If someone goes to grab your daughter, right, and kidnap her, right? Your daughter, my daughter, my youngest is 11. And you push that person, right? And that person falls and smacks their head on a concrete thing and dies. Did you use deadly force? The person died. You were not using deadly force. Use physical force that resulted in death. The intentionality here is going to matter. This was not deadly force. Jiu-jitsu schools would have dead bodies following up. Joe, there'd be a body bag truck in the back of a jiu-jitsu place. Bring them out. Bring them out. They'd lose half their students. They'd lose half their students every day. The only people would be alive yeah. would be a black belt right. who were choking everybody out. Yeah. No one else would be alive. Hey, in the chat, do you guys go to jujitsu? You tell me I'm not right. It's not just jujitsu, it's used in judo. Woody 4 2. Yes, Woody 4 2. Just chime in here. It's used in judo too. Have you guys seen any deaths in your judo school? No, you have. Okay, I'm waiting for you, lawyer. I'm no, I'm not even. A, no, I'm not wrong, uh, Chevy Dago. You have no idea what you're talking about. I just read you the law. What are you, a freaking idiot? Read the law yourself. <laughs>
I love when people go, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. How? Right, right. I don't know. I just said you're wrong. Right, right. Yeah. And by the, <laughs> and by the way, did I not call it? I told you Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, was a fraud. I told you this guy was going to fold like a cheap suit. I had some doubters, even some, you know, Republican friends. Oh, Dan, give this guy a chance. I'm, I've done giving this guy a chance. He's let everybody down. I know this guy. I was a cop with this guy. I remember how he was. He's a fraud. I'm going to get to that in a second. Let me get to my next sponsor for a lot of fire today. Beginning of the show. A lot of energy pent up. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. You need a good night's sleep. I had a bonkers night's sleep last night. I went to sleep last night. This is embarrassing. Don't laugh at me in the chat. If you want to put a couple of Muttleys, I understand. I deserve it. I went to sleep at 8.06 last night. I only say 8.06 because I hit my phone. I'm like, why am I so tired? I look, it's only 8.06. I fell asleep within two minutes. I fell asleep with my Helix mattress. It was a long weekend. Way too many alcoholic beverages this weekend. Kids don't drink. It's bad for your liver. Helix, I went to sleep early. I was out. I got a Helix mattress. I got the midnight Lux because I'm a, sli a side sleeper. And it's really comfortable for me to find the perfect fit. Helix provides a 100-night in-home sleep trial. They got mattresses for big folks, tall folks, short folks, uh, even special ones for kids. No matter what the sleeping position, Helix the answer. Memory foam, hybrid, all the more responsive to the individual with enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating. Helix is all about comfort, care, and a great, great night's sleep. I love mine. Setup is super easy. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. GQ and Wired Magazine named Helix. They're number one mattress, not number two, number one. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz. It's H-E-L-I-X. Go to the website, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Find the perfect mattress in under two minutes. As a bonus, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. It's their best offer yet, and it won't last long. helixsleep.com slash Dan. With Helix, better sleep starts now. See, the chat's on fire now. You get it? All these jujitsu guys. There'd be body bags everywhere. I told you to watch out for Eric Adams. Eric Adams started out okay, like he always does. When he then he licks his finger, folks, sees where the political wind. Speaking of political wind, you didn't put the fan on. I wonder why it's getting a little hot here. Here, okay, now I can feel it. And then Eric Adams is like, "Oh my gosh, crazy lefties say we should lock up Daniel Penny and throw him in Rikers for seven thousand years." And then he changes his mind. So here is Eric Adams uh, just the other day when he started to sense that his liberal masters got all upset at him, his donors and all this other crew of people who he has to answer to, right? Here he is doing the easy thing, not the right thing. And now he's prepping the U-turn, Joe. He's about to make it a racial incident. Check this out. My fellow New Yorkers, this has been a week of strong emotions in our city. One of our own is dead. A black man, black like me. A man named Jordan, the name I gave my son. A New Yorker who struggled with tragedy, trauma, and mental illness. A man whose last words were a cry for help. A man named Jordan Neely. Well, one thing he is right about is the guy's name is Jordan. I, apparently, I'm just terrible with the names today, folks. Forgive me. I'm all over the place with the names today. I don't know why I wrote that down. Jordan. Every time I look down, I see the wrong name. Jacob, you see how the turn starts? You see the dipsy do flipperoo? I told you not to trust this guy. Aaron Adams. I kid. I kid. Eric Adams. I told you not to trust this guy. The guy is a phony. I was a cop with this guy. I remember every time there was an incident involved, anyone who was black, it doesn't matter how benign the incident was there'd be eric adams the joke was never ever get in front of eric adams and a camera ever now i was looking around twitter this morning and i just put in eric adams and this came up i've been warning about this guy forever this tweet's from back in uh in 2020 uh, 2022 january dan bongino was a cop when eric adams was dan said adams was not a cop's cop he was more interested in being on tv this is what you voted for this is from 2022 i've been warning people about this forever he dredged this up. This is me just, a, what, a week ago or so, a couple of weeks ago? This is me telling you that this guy was going to do the dipsy-doo flipperoo. Take a listen. And by the way, don't buy into the Eric Adams shtick. I heard a couple of people on Fox yesterday 
uh, say that, oh, Eric Adams, I got a lot of respect. I love these guys, but don't fall for this routine, please. As a friend, I'm begging you. Eric Adams, when it gets hot enough about this case, I promise you is going to change his mind. I promise is going to change his mind. Uh, I told you. I told you. I. And you can't count on this guy for anything. He is not the kind of guy. He doesn't have the character or human dignity to do the right thing. He knows that this Neely uh, Penny case, he knows that there's a right and a wrong here. He's perfectly capable of comprehending that. He's just listening to what his liberal uh, donors and the donor class are telling him to do, and he's going to do it. Folks, listen, this country has such incredible potential. I don't need to get into a long-winded hoorah speech right now, but incredible, amazing potential. But it's going to be hard to overcome liberalism and their race essentialism. It's going to be hard to reach our potential, but we have this obstacle in our way, this massive obstacle of liberalism telling everyone at every opportunity that you know, race-based hatred is the new Marxist war zone. Listen, this, this, this Western Marxism that they've been pushing, you have to understand, they use race for a reason. Marxism started out as a, a faux class war between the holders of capital and the people who are working for them. Marx wanted a class war where you'd say, oh my gosh, that factory owner, we're going to take over the factory. They wanted that. Class turned out to be a really hard sell for Marxists, especially in places like the United States, because a lot of middle class people became wealthy. A lot of poor people became middle class. And those that went from the middle class and got poor, some of them, it was just bad luck, but some of them just did it from the, you know, because they just didn't want to work. That class warfare argument is tough to sell when you see your neighbors getting rich and you see you losing money because you're not working hard. So liberals had to replace it with something. You replace it with something visible, visible and immutable. And that's a race. Because they knew they could play the race card forever because your race isn't going to change, which is ironic because the left wants you to think it can change, that all this stuff is just subjective. It has potential, but it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop unless we get rid of this cancer of liberalism. Look what it's doing to our kids. Read this article, MRCTV. It's in the newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Study finds liberal teen girls are far more depressed than conservative ones. Folks, this surprises no one. This surprises no one. When they, what's called internalized left-wing beliefs that they're all victims, they can't control anything. If you're black, you're a victim of the white male patriarchy. No knowledge is real. It's a construct of power. Uh, you're perpetually going to be in the underclass because the holder of cap holders of capital are going to be abusing you. Folks, if you believe all this and it's all unchangeable and you are permanent victims, of course you're going to be pissed off at the world. Why would you not? The country's never going to reach its potential if 40% of the population think they're perpetual victims and nothing they can do can get them out of that. Do you understand that's why this race essentialism is such a key component of what they do? And when you have disgusting garbage, garbage people, garbage people like Eric Adams and Joe Biden leading the biggest, one of the you know most important cities in the world, New York City and the country, Joe Biden, constantly trying to start racial division and race warfare in the United States. The, the folks, the chances of prosperity here are slim. I'm long in the United States, but not until we excise this cancer of liberalism and vote this stuff out and can convince the culture there's a different path forward. You want to see what I mean? Watch grotesque, disgusting Joe Biden, the most corrupt, grotesque, awful I don't have enough adjectives to describe the filth that this guy is. The filth. Imagine putting your crack-addicted son as a head of a Biden crime family to take influence money from armed, nuclear-powered enemies of the United States. What kind of a loser do you have to be? Here he is this weekend at a historically black college claiming that the biggest terror threat to the country is white supremacy. Check this out. So stand up against the poison. White supremacy, as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland, is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. Yeah, we know you do. We know that he thinks that line at the end is giving him a pass and adding credibility yeah. to his ridiculous argument. Yeah. What it does is just makes him look like an even bigger zero. 
We know you say it everywhere because it's garbage. I want to talk about, though, the real reason he's doing this. He's clearly exaggerating this threat. I can promise you, again, in the chat, anyone out there listening, Apple, Spotify, Rumble, anywhere else, how many white supremacists do you know? I guarantee you 99.99 plus percent of the audience has no idea what Biden's talking about and have never met a white supremacist in their entire life. And the irony of this is when you see groups like the Patriot Front, who nobody knows who the hell these guys are, who could be a white supremacist group, could be a total setup by the left. Nobody seems to have any idea. It's amazing how the group gets nothing but condemnation. And the only people who seem to care about them are on the left. It seems like the left's fascination with white supremacy is a bigger problem than the white supremacy thing they claim is a big problem. They're the ones giving these people all the publicity. I'll get to that in a second. I want to show you how Mayorkas, how they're echoing this and where this is going to go, because this is a pretext for a crackdown by them. Be very careful of what they're up to. Hey, are you tired of the same old monotonous liberal flavored coffee brand? So stop. Stop giving your money to the woke companies that don't care about you. Go with a coffee option I love that has conservative values, that cares about us. This parallel economy, we got to stop supporting people who just hate our guts. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. That's why I'm personally happy to recommend Blackout Coffee. It's a coffee company 100% committed to conservative values. From sourcing the beans to the roasting process, customer support or shipping, they've got an incredible work ethic and they're dedicated to promoting uh, conservative principles. They accept no compromise on taste and quality. Blackout coffee, I love it. I have a couple coffee, a couple cups a day. My wife's Colombian. We're big coffee drinkers. If it's garbage coffee, we throw it out. The first time we tasted it, we loved it. We said, bring them on board. Do me a favor. Check them out today. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Bongino. Use coupon code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 20% off your first order. Ditch those other guys. Blackout Coffee remains true to our values. Just look at the bag. They have 2A right in the front. That's not Section 2A. Some That's for Second Amendment. They love the country. The coffee is absolutely fantastic. Big, bold, rich coffee flavor. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash Bongino. Coupon code Bongino for 20% off your order, your first order. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Bongino. Check them out today. Thanks, Blackout Coffee. So they're never going to let this go. Division creates fear. Fear creates chaos. Chaos invites a government crackdown with the people's permission once they want to escape the chaos. That's the freaking point. That's why they keep the racial division going. Look at Alejandro Mayorkas here. We're dealing with a massive crisis at the border as Title 42 collapses. We're upwards of five to six times the number of illegals are being encountered at the border. Biden's in Rehoboth biking because he's a garbage person. A garbage person. And so is Alejandro Mayorkas. A garbage person. Just like Eric Adams. Garbage people who can never do the right thing. They always do the easy thing because they're liberal donors. They're their masters. Here's Alejandro Mayorkas on one of these weekend shows. Again, with the white supremacy canard. Check this out. The president yesterday uh, at his commencement address uh, for the Howard University graduates called white supremacy uh, uh, the, the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Uh, it tragically is. You know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now. Individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances and the like. And regrettably, we have seen a rise in white supremacy. Someone in the chat said garbage men, they're valuable. I, don't call them, I didn't call them garbage men, garbage people. There's a difference. By the way, they're sanitation employees. That's not what I'm referring to at all. These are garbage people, like waste products you throw out. They are awful, genuinely evil people. Folks, many of you know about an incident in your area of high crime. Many of you know about incidents that have happened nationally, terror incidents. Uh, where have you seen? Where I mean, if, if white supremacy is such a big problem, how come we're not seeing it all over our communities and our schools everywhere else? I'm not suggesting to you there's not a problem of race essentialism that exists with people of any race who find some reason to hate other people. It's absolutely there. But you're telling me, as the commander in chief and the head of DHS, these two absolute life losers, that this is the biggest problem out there? If it's the biggest problem, how come the only people getting giving these idiots attention? Did you see this is one of the places, the Patriot Front guys? 
How come the only people giving them any attention as people on the right openly mock them are lefties who seem to love it? It's almost as if this white supremacy is such a threat. They want to make sure these people get headline news all the time. It's so weird. Take a look. He's giving me like director You can watch it yourself. Look at these idiots. Now, I want to encourage you for a second here. Put aside any of your pre-existing ideas about what this group might be. There are a lot of people out there saying, oh, they're feds, they're lefties. Listen to me. For as much as, again, it, it would be convenient for a lot of us to say, oh, yeah, they're definitely feds, definitely lefties. I'm just going to tell you the truth. They may not be. That's not the point. I think you're getting played here, folks. I think it's a trap. No, I mean it. I think you're being set up. No matter what you say about this group, if you accept the premise, just like if you accept the premise in the Neely Penny case, that that was deadly force, you're arguing from a position of defense. Your first question about this Patriot front group should be, they're not conservative. Why, what are you asking me to comment on it for? That sounds like your problem. If that, let, Hear me out for a second, please. The lefty argument is this. This is where the trap is. And if this is confusing, Gee, Joe, stop me. Right. The lefty argument is, look, those are Nazis. They're one of you conservatives. You better call them out right now or I'm going to call you a Nazi too. And some people fall in the trap. Oh, that, uh, that's not us. That's not us. And if that group was us, we wouldn't do that. And that's, those are lefties. That's not the argument. The argument should be, why, why should, call them out. They're not my guys. I call them out because they're morons. I'm not calling them out because you're telling me they're one of us. They're not one of us. Even if that group is real, and folks, they may be. If that group is real and they're some neo-Nazi group, then one, they're abhorrent life losers. And that's obvious. But that's a left-leaning ideology. Don't ask me to ideologically engage in this game of, 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 of uh, mousetrap. Those people have nothing to do with me at all. I can condemn them because I condemn stupidity and evil. I don't need to condemn them because you're telling me like they're my ideological buddies. They're your ideological buddies, not mine. I'm telling you this is a trap. A hundred percent, this is a trap. It's Look a up trap. that group a, a big time. Listen to Admiral Akbar on this case. Look up that group where the connections go back to. Don't fall into the trap right away like, oh, these are feds. Does that, they, they, they want you to ideologically align with them. Don't do it. And say, oh, they're not one of Of course they're not one of us. Of course they're not one of us. The trap. Mayorkas, by the way, is either lying about this whole thing or he's totally confused, which I'm going to lead towards the lying. He knows this white supremacy thing. He knows it's just an excuse for a crackdown. They're waiting for an incident of where there may be when actual white supremacy, I'm not telling you it doesn't exist. I'm just telling you the gravity of the problem is being way exaggerated to cause racial division in the country for political power, like this loser piece of garbage president we have and Mayorkas. While they're doing all of this, Mayorkas is lying. He's completely distracted at the border. Even This even aired on CNN. CNN's doing man-on-the-street interviews with immigrants. Some of it's in Spanish. This is hilarious. They go up to the guy like, I bet they're waiting for the guy to say, oh, no, I was fleeing political persecution. They interview the guy. He's like, oh, no, I'm only here because Title 42 ended. I heard we could come into the country. Here, check this out. Y una pregunta. Eh, ¿Usted está enterado del Título 42 y que iban a abrir la, eh, la frontera como antes de la pandemia? ¿Were you aware of Title 42 and that they were going to open the border uh, like before the pandemic? Sí, sí, sí. Está sí por eso viniste. But that's why you came? Claro, igual que mucha gente. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Gracias. Muchas gracias. Y suerte con tu viaje, Pedro. Uh, Pedro, it represents a lot of the stories here, the migrants that we're uh, hearing on the streets. Uh, so many uh, officials here have told us they are ready for what's coming next, projecting an air confidence. Sarah, only time will tell if they're right. Sarah. Yeah. Interesting to note that he was well aware of Title 42 uh, coming down. That's what a lot of people are, are worried about. Folks, this is how you know it's bad. There was a segment on Good Morning America today I saw on social media where even they're starting to acknowledge that this is an apocalypse at the border. This is going to get really, really ugly. You can, but the chaos is the point. You understand that going back to the Walking Dead theory. 
All right, I got a lot more to get to, including an election 2024 update. Something happened with Comer and this Biden case this weekend. This is weird. Whistleblowers are disappearing now. Folks, this is like seriously third world North Korea, Kim Jong-un stuff we're walking into now. It's that bad. Let me get to our last sponsor. Appreciate your patience. Good companies want to talk to you. MyPatriotSupply.com. There's a lot of danger out there, folks. A lot of Americans are concerned about the possibility of prolonged food shortages, me included. That's why I've been a customer for a long time. My Patriot Supply. You should be too. They're the nation's largest preparedness company. Use them as your supplier of emergency products. And right now, they're offering a special deal when you buy their three-month emergency food kit, which lasts up to 25 years in storage. With each kit you order, and you should order one for every member of your family, you'll receive a bonus package of crucial survival gear worth over $200 for free. The three-month emergency food kit guarantees your family will have peace of mind during a disaster, and the survival gear will help you be even more prepared. They have breakfast, lunches, and dinners in the kit, over 2,000 calories a day. And calories are survival. The food's good. Your family will love it. To get your emergency food and your free survival gear with over $200, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Go today. Stock up. Get multiple kits for every member of your family. All right, folks. This thing with the elections coming up is going to be a mess. I got an article coming up from The Spectator by Nell Ferguson, which is really good. It's in the newsletter. Trump can absolutely win this. I don't know who out there on the left is trying to gaslight you with the Patriot front or whatever. Gaslight you into believing that Trump has no chance of winning. The guy at this point, at this point today, was very little, I wouldn't say no chance, but very little chance of winning is Joe Biden. This guy's in a world of trouble. Here was Jim Comer on Maria Bartiromo's show this weekend, the congressman, Republican congressman, saying that they got a bunch of whistleblowers in the Biden case. And it's the weirdest thing. Weirdest wink at a nod. See, it would be weird if you, we actually lived in a constitutional republic and not a growing North Korea-style tyranny. The weirdest thing, the whistleblowers in the Biden case, they keep disappearing or find themselves in jail. Check this out. Are there whistleblowers or informants missing right now? Well, with, with, with what we've investigated and the people that we've tracked down, uh, going back to the CEFC, uh, the two main players in that business, as well as all the Americans, that were involved in the uh, different Biden uh, influence peddling schemes, as well as the Serbian national. Uh, the nine of the 10 people uh, that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens, they're, they're one of three things, Maria. They're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. So it's of the utmost importance that the FBI work with us to be able to try to identify uh, what research they've done, what investigations they've done, because we have people that want to come forward. But honestly, Maria, they fear for their lives. Not only are the Biden lawyers and the Biden White House intimidating them, the media is trying to intimidate and discredit them. Folks, this was the genius, as Jonathan Turley pointed out. I'll get to that article in a second. Constitutional lawyer of getting the media bought in on the Russian Hunter Biden laptop disinformation story from the start. Now, anything reported on Hunter Biden is going to be an affront to the media they got to buy in early because they'll have to discredit their own stupid reporting and lies, right? That was the genius of it. Here's Comer in part two of this. Not only is the FBI and the media apparently disappearing whistleblowers, that's what, those are his words, folks, not mine. They can't seem to find him. And the FBI is certainly not helping. Of course, they're not helping. The FBI is a full-blown leftist political action committee for liberalism now. That's why the house cleaning has to start on day one. Everybody gets fired. Everybody gets fired who has not sworn an oath to the Constitution. Everyone. And on day two, everyone else gets fired who has not sworn an oath to the Constitution. Wash, rinse, repeat. Here's Comer. On the Democrat, the ranking member of the committee, the Democrat, Jamie Raskin, apparently working with the FBI or the media to make sure we don't find these whistleblowers before the election. Check this out. This is absolutely extraordinary and it is stunning that some people are missing that you need to prove this. Who in the White House is intimidating these people? Do you know? I do know. Uh, we're saving that for a later time. But I can tell you one thing that a lot of people don't know. When, when I issue a subpoena to a bank or to an individual, the second I issue that, Jamie Raskins gets that. And when we get information in from the bank or, or from any individual, they make two copies, one for the majority, which are the Republicans, one for the minority, which are the Democrats. 
And my biggest problem with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee is they're acting as a criminal defense attorney for the Biden family. Somebody's working with somebody to make sure these people are never found. Turley, this piece of the newsletter, he nails it. This was the brilliance of the Biden team. Investing them in the media scandal early, giving them the 51 intelligence officials who sold their souls and saying, just write this story that the laptop was Russian disinformation. The Biden team now knows they'll never report on the Hunter story going forward because they'll always have those links still up claiming it was Russian disinformation. Read this article. This is cool. A bit of good news. It's a Monday, big news day. Talk Soros, self-defense. I'm a little excited today. A lot of blackout coffee, a lot going on. This Niall Ferguson article in The Spectator is really good. Trump's second act. He can still win in spite of everything. It's a long piece. It goes into how politicians are being targeted around the world and coming back and winning, both what you would consider on the right and the left. It says Trump is basically probably more talented and different than some of these people who are coming back and has a better base and a better shot. But a lot of people are disregarding his early uh, polling success, saying, oh, the polling doesn't mean anything. Listen, I, I'm not a huge believer in polling this early either, but I am a believer in numbers. And I found this interesting. and You probably do, too. Since 1972, Ferguson writes, the candidate who led in early polling won uh, his primary nomination in little more than half a competitive presidential primaries. This is, however, the Republicans we're talking about, not the Democrats. Early frontrunners have won Republican primaries in six out of eight competitive races. It's a pretty good number when the modern system of primaries was introduced. Two exceptions were McCain in 2008 and Trump himself in 2016. Remember, the Republican primary process favors candidates with early leads because most states award delegates on a winner-takes-all or winner-takes-most basis. I have discussed this probably a hundred times. Right, Joe, this winner-take-all. I ran. I know how this goes. When you run for right. office, you get very familiar with this process. Yeah. Here's the difference between the Republican and the Democrat side. The Democrats, as evidenced by the Obama-Hillary primary, where Obama was the underdog, remember? And he wound up winning. You can stay in the race longer because as long as you're competitive, follow me on the Dem side, you'll get enough delegates to stay competitive. That's not the way it works on the Republican side. Most of the primaries on the Republican side are winner take all or take most, meaning you finish number one, you get all the delegates. Nobody else gets jack squat and jack left town. So you get out with a head of steam. You win the first, say, five primary states. The race is essentially over. It's, oh, you're just never going to get enough delegates back or get enough momentum to get enough delegates back. The polling matters. Trump could absolutely win this thing. All right, I got a lot to fit in in the next few minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, this January 6th bomber case has just gotten in, in, insane. This has gotten just crazy. I say January 5th, January 6th bomber case is more precise because they were actually planted on January 5th. Kyle Serafin, who's been a frequent guest of my show, former FBI agent, he had a bombshell this week. And this article's in the newsletter today. Check it out. January 6th pipe bombs were inoperable says ex-agent who contradicts FBI's official story. Remember, the FBI's official story was, oh, these bombs could have gone off in a neighborhood. This guy was causing all kinds of trouble walking through these neighborhoods with these bombs. Well, guy, we don't even know, guy or woman, right? But here's the crazy thing. Kyle's saying that someone told him the devices were primitive, had the components for a bomb, but weren't assembled like a real bomb, and that there was no chance they could have detonated. Folks, that's kind of a big deal. That's a big deal. Who assembles a thing to look like a bomb on January 6th, 5th, or January 6th, right? But they can't actually go off. Why would you do that? Now, again, we had told you these likely were inert devices because the Secret Service did a sweep when Kamala Harris went and visited the DNC and the dogs didn't sit on it, which says to me that there probably wasn't active chemicals in this device that the dog would have hit on. Here's where the case gets even weirder, folks. Who the hell was this January 5th, January 6th bomber? He used a smart trip card on the Metro. And apparently the card had never been used before. It was bought a year prior by a retired chief master sergeant in the Air Force who was a security contractor. He had a security clearance. The FBI had surveillance video that showed the person entering a car with a visible license plate after exiting a metro stop in Northern Virginia. 
So what they did is they tied whoever the person was that dropped the bombs with surveillance cameras all the way through the train and getting into a car with that license plate. Like I said they were going to do when I did the whole episode on this about reverse tracking surveillance. Bomb spot backwards, 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 backwards. You're going to get to a car, a train, a cab, or a hotel room every time. Ladies and gentlemen, it appears to me they know who this person is. They just don't want to tell you. He says maybe they've always known. Folks, I I don't know who the person is. But I'm going to hypothesize for a second, if you'll allow me. If this person turns out to be a anti-Trump plant trying to gin up a operation against the Trump team, it's going to be just a total train wreck for the Democrats. I don't know, but this case stinks and always has. All right, one last story. I always tell you about how the left is cannibalistic by nature, how they'll eventually eat themselves alive. Because you run out of people to attack when conservatives start to ignore you, whether it's your cancel culture or people just move and you can't tax them. So Governor Gavin Newsom in California is backing away from the reparations plan, the panel he recommended starting, because they're running out of people to eat alive with the $800 billion bill for this thing. But here's another one. Liberal New York City going at it with liberal New Jersey and the liberal governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy. So New York City, Joe, wants to tax a commuter tax, congestion tax, people driving into the city a good percentage of which are New Jersey commuters going to work in New York. Phil Murphy, the governor, is like, you can't do that. Those are our people. I thought you guys love taxes. I thought taxes were, oh, you just don't like taxes when they kick your people in the nuts. Totally get it. Cannibalistic, man, by nature, every single time. Liberalism can't continue because it won't continue because eventually it eats itself alive. Unfortunately, things have to get bad enough first. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Sorry about the name thing in the beginning. I don't know why I wrote that wrong, but, you know, listen, it's, uh, I was too fired up in this Monday show. That self-defense story has got me just insane right now. I know exactly what these Soros people are up to. They are trying to institute the walking dead theory right here in the United States, and I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let it happen. Join us every day, rumble.com slash Bongino in the chat room, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We always appreciate it. Please subscribe while you're there and follow. It is absolutely free on Apple and Spotify as well. We deeply appreciate it. It helps us stay on the top charts. I will see you back here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.